Heidi here. It's that time of year again when we talk about all things holiday gifts. And what could be better than the gift of comfort? I mean, really, is there anything better than receiving something soft, fabulous, sustainable, and cozy? Name a better gift. Go ahead. I'll wait. That's why when we think holidays, we think Cozy Earth. If you're not familiar with this fabulous brand, they're all about minimalist simplicity amidst premium luxury, outstanding quality with a focus on responsible production. The result? An insanely amazing collection of sleepwear, loungewear, and bedding that is, in a word, swoon-worthy. Shopping for her? Try a luxe set of ultra-soft bamboo PJs, guaranteed to please. For him, level up his loungewear with a bamboo pullover crew and some matching joggers. Got a new mom in your life? Spoil her with Cozy Earth's dreamy temperature regulating sheets. And add on an adorable matching Cozy Earth crib sheet for when baby arrives. On a budget? You can filter by price range on their site to fit your needs. There's truly something for everyone. And the best part? We've got a discount code special for our listeners. Head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the code OFFTHEGRAM45 at checkout for an amazing 45% off. Merry, Merry. A lot of these like natural ingredients, quote unquote, they're carcinogens and irritants and they're endocrine disruptors that can actually mess with your hormones and change how your development is or, you know, can change like anything in your body, really. So you really have to look at all those factors when you're looking at your ingredients. Welcome back to an all new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss and navigate the ever changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey gang. Hello. All right. So we are jumping in hot today. We have an action packed show with a great guest, but first I just wanted to start off today's show with our rant because there's just something that's grinding my gears right now, ladies. And I know that you both have probably a bunch of different opinions about it, but can we just talk about holiday decorations and the racket that is holiday decorations and psycho neighbors judging you about your holiday decorations? So I'm like a new suburbs girl. So I'm, this is my second Christmas in the house. First Christmas was COVID, so it didn't count. I'm just decorating my house. First of all, I had people out here to do a consultation to put lights on my house and they were like, that will be like two zillion US dollars and your, and your next child and your left arm. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing a Griswold style. George on the roof. Cool. But then I have these neighbors also like judging each other, being like, Sharon still has her pumpkins out and I'm putting my Santa up. I'm like, do we really care this much? I cannot, I, like, Jamie, you told me this and I, it's Heidi talking. I cannot believe that there is judgment. I mean, listen, I'm still in Manhattan. So obviously that's not my issue, but like you, I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I don't know where I grew up. The houses were spaced really far apart, the part of town I lived in. So it's like, you didn't really see your neighbor's stuff unless you drove. Um, but I, I grew up in a house where Megan, I think decorations were more like your home, but I, I also felt like it was always like so much stuff. And I can remember people being so stressed out about it, getting it all out and getting it all up. So for me, I'm just like, Meh, I'll put up a tree that matches my apartment and I'm good. Bye. <laughs> so I'm totally the opposite of Megan when it comes to decorations because of my upbringing. Well, Christmas and every holiday throws up on my house and 
Charlie actually wrote an essay about it for school and it just made my heart so happy because she was like, oh, I mean, that's how she described it. Holidays throw up all over my house in the best way possible. My town holidays hard. So it is, there are blow ups and decorations and wreaths and lights. And it's like a joy to just drive around at night all through December. I mean, it's just lit up and exciting and alive. Let me ask you, Megan, does it stress you out or does it oh give you goodness, joy? No. Oh my gosh. There's so much joy in decorating and crafting and DIYing and celebrating. I mean, I reposition my whole magazine as destination celebration because I feel like no holiday should ever be left behind. And it is just such a treat and a joy and a delight to be able to celebrate and decorate. Well, it's a treat and a joy and a delight to watch you do it on Instagram from afar, from and from very far away from a hot glue gun, myself personally. Oh my God. But I <laughs> do love watching you do it. But I will say there was something so incredibly special. Last year was my first year decorating the inside of a house ever. I never had room for a Christmas tree. I've lived in a New York apartment my whole life. And we had my husband's mother spend Christmas with us, which we'd never been able to have anyone over. We had a little two bedroom apartment with two kids. Like you don't have company. And we, and there was a moment where we were sitting and my husband was wearing like a silly Santa hat and we had the lights and it was twinkling and I had wreaths and garlands. I went all, I'm Jewish and I went all out garlands and wreaths and, and candles. And it was because it was just festive. It wasn't even about religion. It was just to me, I looked around and I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get it. I mean, my house feels like a hug. It's like a party nobody wants to leave. It just makes me so joyful. Everybody has a Christmas tree in their bedroom. There's the Christmas tree in the front of the house that's only DIY ornaments. And we like love to go through them and like reminisce about preschool and kindergarten and first grade. Then we just put the real tree in the back of the house and we're going to watch Christmas movies and decorate that tonight. And I like, oh. it can't come soon enough, right? It's Pizza oh. Friday, you know, decoration night. That's adorable. You know, I, I think I shared with you guys the other day, or I shared on Instagram, like my son recently said the other day, oh, it was at Woodlock. We were on bumper cars. I was hysterically laughing because it was fun. And he was like, mommy, I don't think I've ever seen you laugh that hard. Aww. You don't really, you don't really laugh that hard. He said. Now, I think of myself as somebody who's been a carefree, free spirit my whole life. And I think that the mommy that he's seen in the past five years has been entrepreneur hustle mommy. And what my goal is for 2022, I guess my New Year's resolution, if you will, even though I usually don't do that, is to just re-engage that. So I think Christmas is a great time to do it, removed from all the commercialism, all of the getting ripped off by these local vendors, all of the drama with neighbors. What's going on inside the walls of my house is indeed very special. And I, I guess at the end of the day, I have to admit, I am a little excited Yay. for it. I mean, ask me next year when I'm in Connecticut again. Because, uh, I mean, we have now. a giant tree in our Manhattan apartment because we have a loft with big ceilings. But yes, um, I even have a tree in my office. Look. I know. You're so cute. I know. All right. All right so what, what are we doing here today? Okay. So today we are speaking to Liz Teich a New York-based fashion styles, beauty and lifestyle blogger, on-air style expert, and mom of two. An accidental beauty expert, as she now gets as many queries for her beauty as she does for her styling, Liz has been a professional commercial stylist for 15 years, styling fashion and home goods for print and digital advertising campaigns for major brands and retailers. She often appears as an on-camera style, lifestyle, and beauty expert for brands and regularly contributes her expertise to national publications such as Business Insider, Pure Wow, and CNN Underscored. 
After styling bloggers for the TJ Maxx Maxinista campaign, Liz launched her own blog and brand called The New York Stylist. There, Liz shares her favorite products, services, and styles in addition to her favorite mom, beauty, and style hacks with a strong focus on sustainability, clean beauty, and eco living. Um, Megs, Heidi here. I'm just so freaking impressed that you could say Maxinista. Oh my your god, I've always try. wanted to be a Maxinista. I, that, like, I love TJ Maxx. Fifteen times. I love those. Like that was like that was a legendary you, campaign. I would be right? like, yeah. oh my god, so, I used to totally shop at T Max. Can I be? A, I want to be Maxinista. <laughs> So I love that our guest (laughs) styled everyone for it. Okay. So Heidi, so thankful to get to call our guest, Liz, a primary member of my mom squad. And I love listening to her clean beauty tips. Liz first dipped her toe into the beauty industry as an art director for Maybelline. And it was then that she got a crash course on beauty products, including formulations and ingredients. As a style director forever on photo shoots, Liz was constantly looking to delve deeper by picking the brains of the makeup artists that surrounded her. Then, like many woke first-time mamas, when she got pregnant with her son, Liz focused on what was going into her body being natural and realized that the skin is your body's largest organ, so it only made sense to be aware of what was going on in her body too. She made it her business to know what was green and clean and what wasn't. And now she shares it with us all. So listen to today's show if you want to know why green beauty matters, you want to learn more about greenwashing, or you are dying to learn what specific products are good for you and your family. Welcome, Liz. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. We are so excited to have you here today to chat all things green beauty and greenwashing. So Heidi here, and I was first introduced to both of those concepts by my friend, clean beauty makeup artist, Kristen Arnett, about 10 years ago, which was way before it became a thing. And the veil that she lifted for me shook me so much that at the time I replaced my entire apartment of products as soon as I was able to. And I really have never looked back. So as a decade long student of green beauty and greenwashing, I love listening to your beauty recs because Trust me, I know when someone is speaking from a place of knowledge versus just speaking loudly and pretending to know it all, which we see so much of. And it's really why we started off the gram in the first place was to separate the experts with the knowledge from the experts of marketers. So please tell us, beautiful Liz, who is glowing for anyone who can't see her, why is green beauty important to you? Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. Well, I have to disclose, I am not a pro makeup artist, but I do work with a lot of them as a fashion stylist and style expert. I'm constantly working with all the best in the business and I'm getting all the tips and tricks from them. So while I'm not a pro or I guess you could say an expert, I work with them. So I have picked up so many things along the way. Right. So I call you an accidental expert because like it wasn't on purpose, but now you're actually asked for your beauty tips almost as much as your style tips. Am I right? It's so true. It's so funny. I've been blogging for about 10 years now, actually over 10 years now. And it's like one of the most frequently asked questions I get is like the beauty recommendations. And it's actually, oddly enough, my background, nobody really knows this, but I actually started my foray into the beauty industry as an art director on the Maybelline account. And I learned so much about the beauty industry, what goes into it, the formulations, and really like behind the scenes of, you know, there's no regulations. It's just so crazy to me that the FDA only bans 11 ingredients in our country. And if you go to Europe, they ban 1300. So when you think about it, like 
we are told that things, like you said, are greenwashed. We're told things are green or eco and the term natural kind of encompasses so many things. So it's like, who do you trust? And as somebody who started in kind of the beauty industry and kind of forayed into the fashion industry, I've learned so much along the way. And for me to answer your question about why it's so important to me, I lost my mom to brain cancer when I was a child. And I, you know, the chemicals that go into everything that we do, I'm so conscious of that because of, you know, what I experienced. And then while I was working in advertising and working on the Maybelline account, I had actually lost a mentor of mine to also brain cancer. And it was kind of an eye opener about what is going into what we use from everything from household products to beauty products. So it really changed my perspective on anything. I'm so sorry about the loss of your mother. And I think, you know, because we talked about this when we first met that I lost the man who raised me and my stepfather to brain cancer as well. So, and all of us on this show have been touched by cancer. So I'm really obviously sending you all of the hugs and love. And I'm so sorry. And I'm sure it's still difficult to talk about, but thank you for sharing that because I think that people really don't make that connection. Thank you, Heidi. And virtual hugs to you because I know what it's like. And I think it really impacts, you know, our perspective on what we do with our bodies. I mean, I'm sure that's part of why you're in health and wellness and it really has an impact. So that's something that's been a passion of mine, but it's funny, green and clean beauty has become such a friend lately. And it's something that has just been kind of part of my dialogue in the past 10 years. And now it's actually like something that's cool. So Megan here, I was the executive editor of Good Housekeeping Magazine for many, many years. And we have a beauty lab and we have a number of scientists and we did the Green Beauty Awards and we talked extensively about the fact that nothing is regulated here and you can make all of these kinds of claims. So can we just, can we talk about greenwashing? What does that mean? Explain to our listeners why that who might not be aware exactly what it is. Um, and I don't love to name names, but are there some major offenders that maybe we should be weary of? Yeah. So it's such a funny thing because there is not really as much regulation. And when people say, quote unquote, natural fragrance, it might not actually be natural. And the word fragrance can encompass so many different things. And so there are chemicals, even if it is saying natural fragrance, it could be anything, any kind of thing that they put in it. And there's no regulation. So you can't trust anything. That's the hard part. I think that one of the distinctions somebody made for me once was like, natural means it comes from nature. Well, pretty much everything in some way, shape or form comes from nature. That doesn't mean it's good for you. At the beginning, at the beginning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but because it's not regulated, I mean, you can, I mean, manufacturers can basically slap natural. Yes. It's all marketing on anything. There's no policing that. A hundred percent. It's all marketing. And a lot of these like natural ingredients, quote unquote, they're carcinogens and irritants and they're endocrine disruptors that can actually mess with your hormones and change how your development is or, you know, can change like anything in your body, really. So you really have to look at all those factors when you're looking at your ingredients. Something I actually like to use is a source called EWG. 
I'm not sure you guys are probably familiar. Yes. Yeah. So they have the they have the beauty, the um And the can you just tell us what EWG stands for and how how our listeners can can use it themselves? Yes. So if you go to ewg.org, it's uh environmental workers group and they are a nonprofit that can actually can tell you what ingredients are in your products and tell you which ones are harmful, which and they rate them so it's easier to kind of decipher what's good for you and what's not. And a lot of the products that are marketed as green and natural, you go on there, you go to this, it, it's in their database called Skin Deep. And because they also do like home house uh, goods. They do and, cleaning uh, products and they also every year put you. out the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 for produce. Thank you, Heidi. Yes. <laughs> so it's so important to go on there and really dive into all the ingredients. You know, Some things that I don't even know what they're called or what they are, but beyond parabens and the usual culprits, you can go on there and see what is really going on in your products. So it's really helpful, but at the same time, it doesn't have everything. So another source I like to use is if you're going shopping, you can actually shop from sites like folane.com and they do all the vetting for you. So you don't even have to do it. And how do you spell that? Folane is F-O-L-L-A-I-N. Okay. So I have a question about I mean, like, not to name names, but like, there's a lot of websites that claim that they vetted things for you. But I've noticed that if you fact check their products on EWG.org, they're not clean or green. So, so, so Folane is your favorite. Folane is my be. favorite because they do, they really got, dive into the ingredients and they can tell you which ones are not good for you and they, they omit them right away. Uh, I have actually called them out on, uh, there was a product that had talc in it. And I said, wait, 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 talc is no good. I, you know, I've been taught that you stay away from talc. There's certain, they actually responded and said, there's certain forms of talc that are okay. You want to avoid powder talc, but there are certain forms that are okay in your products. That's interesting. So this is Jamie. And uh, look, I got a real big education in all of this earlier. It was actually about a year ago, almost a full year ago, you guys, that I started my eczema journey. So right. yeah, oh my Megan, gosh, and, Megan and Heidi know year? it's been a year. It was, well, it was January of last year that I developed severe full body eczema that pretty much tore up my life for the better part of 2021. I'm delighted to say that I am finally rounding a corner. It is almost completely gone. And it took an entire calendar year of diligent work with a natural health practitioner and a complete and total vetting and restructuring of all of my products. Now, I am somebody in the wellness world. I thought I was shopping smart. I 100% am a victim of greenwashing because I love a cute green label with a cute font as much as the next girl. And I definitely fall victim to that, right? Like I see it on the website and I'm like, this must be good. It says, it says all the words I like, you know, it's natural, artisanal. Like, wait, I don't know that we actually defined greenwashing. Liz, can you? Yeah, no. Well, first of all, that's congratulations. That's so amazing that you found that what works for you and your whole journey. But the greenwashing, you know, there's, it's so broad what we say is natural and okay for your body and what is technically clean. But a lot of it is actually in marketing. So a lot of brands will slap on natural, eco, you know, all these terms and it's actually not regulated so they can say it. So that's technically what greenwashing is. Is 
portraying something as green and clean when it's not. Is exactly. That- so okay. it's all in the marketing. And it's the same thing with, you know, clothing. They say, oh, you know, it's sustainable, but what really is sustainable? And so anybody can, you make these claims because it's not regulated. I have to be honest, though. Sometimes I laugh. Like, my shampoo's gluten-free. I'm like, well, I didn't plan on eating it. It's like, <laughs> why do I care? So, right. Jane, like, like I get through watching your journey that it matters more than I realize, but I definitely sometimes roll my eyes and go, well, I'm not ingesting it. So why well, is it? but you are because it it's be- going through your pores. And so what I didn't realize either, because the thing is, right, so, like, I like to look at our our panelist here of our co-host on our show, Heidi's like the really very like ardent green mama. Look, <laughs> you believe in what you believe in. Megan is a little more of like a furry spirit when it comes to all things like red meat and hot dogs. And she's like, Bacon. live your best life. And then I definitely fall <laughs> in the middle. I had a hot dog last night, just so God you know. Bless. God bless. <laughs> but I fall in the middle, right? So I have my moments. I'm definitely like, I'm vegan. I'm plant forward. I'm all of these things, these words, these things that do matter to me, but I'm also like, I have flexibility. If I say, you know, we're plant forward 98% of the time. But if my kids are at a birthday party and there's a pizza pizza, I let them enjoy it. Totally understand that that is not vegan. So like, I know what I am. I know what I'm not. I know that I just don't like labels. What I didn't realize is that in my beauty products, I always thought that being so strict was a little bit precious, right? I was like, okay, just like Megan was saying, I'm like, I'm not drinking the stuff. It's my shampoo. Well, let me tell you something, you guys, after having a full body rash hives outbreak that destroyed my life, I had to literally sit in baths of apple cider vinegar and cry for a half a year. When I got rid of all products with sulfates, with parabens, all sulfates primarily, which was in so much more than I realized, my eczema went away. So it does matter and it might not matter. It might not show up as severely for everybody, but when you are symptomatic and have a chronic illness, you realize what these things can do to your body. Yeah. Well, Jamie, if you think about it, your skin is your largest organ of your body. So it's absorbing everything and it's going into your system and then it's showing on your external and everything. And even, you know, the way that your body reacts hormonally and, you know, the development of reproductive system, it all affects everything. So it's so important that what you put on your skin is the same kind of clean that goes inside your body as well. The biggest thing is that it's hard, like you said, to do it overnight, take baby steps and you know, it doesn't have to all happen at once. My journey has been over a decade of kind of going completely clean. And every now and then I'm still guilty of having to go on EWG and saying, Oh my God, I can't believe I've been using this product that I thought was totally clean. Well, sometimes they change the formulation and EWG changes the rating. So like I had the experience where my, when my twins were born, there was a product that was got an A rating, which means it's the safest. And then they have, I forget if it's the household products. One of them is one through five. And then the other one is A through F, um, whether it's household or beauty. But it had the highest rating. And one of my clients asked me like for a list. And I sent her the list and I sent her EWG. And she was like, Heidi, this one gets an F. And I was like, what? Like, oh, my God. I haven't heard it going from A to F, but they that's, changed some that's serious crazy. ingredients to make it more cost effective. That's the and that's the biggest factor is is cost effectiveness. Right. It's the green, truly green products are more expensive. And, and a lot of people just simply can't afford that. 
So when you look at a lot of brands, when they start out, they do a lot of things that are obviously a lot better for you, better for the environment. And then a lot of times they become so big that they get bought by bigger companies. So when I was like working Clorox. at Mapes, yes. And when I was working at Maybelline, Kiehl's was like the hot thing. Everybody was shopping at Kiehl's, especially living in New York City. It was like, you know, the place to be. And Kiehl's got bought by L'Oreal, who owns Maybelline, and all their formulations change. So it's not the same brand that it used to be. So this tends to happen a lot in the industry. I actually had a celebrity client who used Kiehl's forever. When I was pregnant, she told me to use it. She started getting eczema, Jamie, and freaked out. And I looked into Kiehl's because she told me to use it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. And then she got rid of her eczema. That's really interesting. And what I was just going to say is like, I don't want to like poop on any particular brand or product here either, because by the way, like some of the bigger brands, bigger conglomerate brands, like they're not claiming to be green and like not everybody decides to be green. And so they're not necessarily doing anything wrong. But I think what we're saying here is being a conscious consumer. Cost isn't the only indicator because sometimes I'll go on a vacation, right? Not a, vac- a vacation. Who goes on a vacation? It's like COVID. No, sometimes I'll have to go like a couple of times in the last two years. I've actually gone out of my home, right? I've gone on a couple of business trips. I've gone to a hotel. They've been fancy hotels. I've used their fancy products that were in the back because I didn't bring my own shampoo. And it was a super beautiful partnership that they had done with Yada Yada brand. I used it for one night. I got home. My eczema flared up because it had sulfates in it. So again, It's not that that brand is bad. I'm sure it's a lovely Parisian brand that smells like lavender, but it was not the right one for me because I have a sensitivity. So it's about being conscious, right? Yeah. So Jane, that brings up a really good point and a question I wanted to ask you, Liz. So Jamie talked about sulfates and I feel like at Whole Foods, you'll see bottles with like sulfate free, phthalate free, you know, all those different terms. So are there any other like biggies, Liz, that we should look for in the ingredients that all of our listeners could look for. So like Jamie could have avoided that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's hard to always say because a lot of them are masked by these big words that we don't know how to pronounce. You know, there's phthalates, there's PEGs, there's uh, synthetic fragrances that are claimed as natural. There's BHTs and BHAs and formaldehyde, which is in like so many products that you would never even know, including your nail polish. And then there's like propylene, which is actually antifreeze. Could you imagine having antifreeze? Right. I mean, it's in your, it could be in your moisturizer. You're putting antifreeze on your face as much as I want to freeze my wrinkles and not have them anymore. But you know, you don't want these things in your body. I mean, there's 11,000 ingredients that are banned in Europe. So I can't, you know, just give you a list. That's why it's so important to really do the research every time that you shop. It's kind of like going through the supermarket aisles and every time you're looking, you know, at the ingredients on the packaging, it's the same thing with your beauty products. And I got to be honest, you have to get used to some of these other products because sulfates is what makes it foam up. So like you want your soap to be foamy and lovely, but like, to be honest, it was kind of like killing me. So I had to be okay with it being not so foamy or, you know, my natural toothpaste doesn't taste the same as my other one used to, but you kind of get used to it, especially if you do have a sensitivity or if you have little ones to watch out for, it does matter. A hundred percent. Yes. And you know, you don't need that foaming ingredient. It's something that like, it's great marketing. It's like something that you feel like, oh, I'm getting really clean. It doesn't necessarily mean it's working better. So what are some of your favorite clean beauty products that sort of hold up to their chemical laden counterparts? Like, for instance, if I use clean deodorant, I smell. I really am convinced I smell. So yeah, it's so funny you say that because that's typical. Like a lot of people say that. 
how long have you been actually using the clean deodorant? Because your body adjusts. And I'm not sure for your audience, a lot of people don't know this, but aluminum in your deodorant can actually cause breast cancer. So, and it's been proven, yet it's still allowed. It's one of those ingredients that aren't banned. And so the more you actually stop using these ingredients in your life, the more your body adjusts. My mom uses that as her excuse to not wear deodorant, by the way, and smell. She's like, well, it gives you breast cancer. I'm like, you already had breast cancer. You've had a mastectomy. Like, maybe just find some deodorant that then doesn't have aluminum so you stop smelling. Yeah, you, you can tell her there's so many great products now. Luckily, there's so many deodorants that do actually work and they are natural. I am partial to native deodorant, but there's so many that you could definitely have her try and make them work. What do you think about Mega Babe? I haven't tried that, but I've heard great things about it. And also Beauty Counter has a great one too. I just know that Mega Babe stops the stink as someone who works out for a living. Um, but none of them... Well, I am a mega babe, so maybe I should try it. Yeah. (laughs) It's available at Target. (laughs) And actually, I will say Target has been doing such a great job about sourcing some indie brands, and they're doing a lot of partnerships currently. Have you been in a Target store lately, ladies? They have, like, reimagined it as, like, it's almost like there's a Sephora or Ulta inside of the, like, my whole Target store has been completely revamped, and it's like a beauty boutique within the store. Yeah. So they're working with a lot of boutique brands. Odell is one of my favorite hair care products that are sold there. And it's all really affordable. Like it's target prices, but you're getting like the boutique, like salon quality, but natural hair care. And weirdly, like the boutique shopping experience simultaneously, which just makes you want everything more. Well, I think so cutely laid out. Yeah. And I think as far as us being consumers, we are the ones that are demanding more from these industry, from all the brands and from the big box stores like Target. The more we shop clean, the more that these brands are forced to do that. So I think us as consumers, we're the ones making the change. Amen, my friend. I could not have said it better myself. I think that is a perfect place for us to let off. But (laughs) before we let you go, we have a couple quick things we need to ask you first. Number one, I'm going to ask you, please tell our listeners where they can find you on the gram because I do so much love your Instagram account. Oh, thank you, Jamie. And I love all you guys as well. You can find find me at the New York Stylist on Instagram and on TikTok and all the things, Facebook, and then at Liz Teich on Twitter and also at the New York stylist.com. And don't you have a really exciting announcement coming on January? Yes. Thank you, Heidi. We are launching with my friend, Amanda Mintz. We are launching a podcast called Mom Goals. Yay. Congratulations. We can't wait to tune in. So our very last thing, Liz, is called May Karma Call. I love the way she says it. All right. But I am the resident yogi. So I explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So Liz, please give our listeners a small actionable item that they could try for like a week or two that would yield a giant result. Small action, big result. I love that. So for me, I know this sounds totally superficial, but being a stylist and loving beauty and being on the forefront of all this, I have to say, when you get dressed in the morning and you do your makeup, even if it's just a swipe of mascara, 
it can change your whole outlook on the day and your productivity. And especially we saw during the pandemic, we're all at home and we're like, why am I going to get dressed? Or why am I going to put on makeup when I'm not going to see anybody? Do it for you. And that little bit of self-boost on the outside is going to make you feel good on the inside. Couldn't agree more, Liz. For the last eight weeks, I wasn't able to like button a pair of pants because of my broken wrist. So I I was like in sweatpants and I was like, why am I so glum? You know, and it makes a huge difference. And I tell, I have a lot of personal styling clients and they always say, oh, I'm just working from home. I'm just wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. You don't feel good when you're wearing just your sweatpants and a t-shirt. You want to feel good. So even if you're not seeing anybody else, do it for you. Scientists call it enclosed cognition. And it's the science behind what you wear affects how you feel. And the neat part about it is that looks different for everyone because you provide the meaning. You supply the meaning. So my definition of power dressing and dopamine dressing and and my enclosed cognition is lightning bolts and colors and whatever. For someone else, I could be sleek head to toe black. Oh, I love that. That was so nerdy chic, Megan. Thank you for that. I know. It's from my book. I love all of it. (laughs) Everyone buy Megan's book, Your Fully fully Charged Life. Uh, All right. Well, Liz, you rock. We love you. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for giving us the 411 on Green Beauty. Thanks so much, Liz. Thanks for having me, ladies. Liz has left the chat. All right, guys. I mean, Megan, did did she rock your world a little bit? Be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm still I'm still not going to buy gluten free shampoo. You're still not drinking your shampoo. And I did eat a hot dog last night, but I do fully appreciate that I that I that I could be a nudge or an inch more. But Megan, I asked about that the first time I saw gluten free shampoo, and I was like, "What the." Like for real, like this has gone too far. And also just as someone who's been allergic to dairy my whole life, like watching the influx of gluten-free menus at every restaurant ever and like no vegan menus. I was like, this sucks. (laughs) And people, so I was like always aware of gluten-free and my sister-in-law is celiac, but apparently people that are very celiac can't use gluten in their products either. I don't know. I'm as celiac as you can get. And my shampoo doesn't affect me, but maybe mine is naturally gluten-free, right? I mean, maybe. Well, but here's the thing about like green beauty products. We don't, we tend to like believe in things that we can see immediately, you know, like you eat a fattening food and then it makes you fat or it makes you feel bloated or inflamed. And you're like, Oh, that affected me. But if you're just slowly getting cancer from your beauty products over the years and the years, but you don't see it, we tend to be like, that couldn't happen to me. So I do think it matters. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm getting more interested in it. When I was first, when I first had my kids, I was definitely, uh, I was not the uptight mom. And I had a lot of LA moms in my life that were like, you are bathing your baby in regular water from the tap. And I was like, you need to really get a life. But you know what? There is a middle ground there and it does matter. And I like what you said about just being a conscious consumer, because it is absolutely true. I am a sucker for like, you put a leaf and write the word green. And I'm like, Oh, I should get that one without look really diving much deeper. And how about the fact that like, one of the biggest baby detergent is like the most toxic in the world and it's marketed towards babies. So you have, I think when I became a mom, Jamie, I was like the opposite of you. I have to say when I thought about becoming pregnant, that's when I started like going crazy. Like every time something ran out, the next thing I bought was green and clean and EWG approved. You know, I like pureed my kids own baby food. I did not feed them anything out of a jar. I really took it to the extreme because, you know, I had recently lost my stepfather from brain cancer. I'd lost a lot of people from cancer. 
there and I'd seen how the people in my life who really changed their lifestyle and their habits to go green and clean had survived. That was just my personal experience. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. It was just my personal life experience. So with my babies, I was like, no hormones, no chemicals. I'm going to give these kids the best chance of a healthy life. But I have to say, like in the past couple of months, like I, I went psycho to heal my bone. But like right before it happened, I was like, you know what? I'm old. I'm done having kids. Like maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe I should just get the product that's going to get rid of my wrinkles. So I have the opposite of you, Jane. <laughs> and now maybe you're coming to my to my middle side, which is I do care about it in a lot of things, but I also pick my battles in my own personal life. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, right. Because stress causes cancer too. It's all about inflammation, right? So if you're stressing about every ingredient and every household product, then that's not helping. I think it was just interesting what Liz said, which was like, we, we really can't trust people and no. we can't trust even websites that are like, we curated this, but I don't know. Are they is for real? Or did they lie? So no, I, think I, just doing I belong to a membership research. site for it that I pay for. And yeah. it was, and I saw some products come on and I was like, I know for a fact those aren't clean and green. I think the most disturbing thing always is to me, anytime I tackle this topic is the fact that there's the banned list in Europe is 1200 or 1300 deep. And it's like 10 or 12 here. I mean, the discrepancy and the disparity in that is alarming. It's alarming. Well, that's why so many younger moms actually order their, the ones that opt for formula, they they order their formula from Germany. Yeah. Because the formula here versus the formula there with their 1100 banned ingredients is way cleaner. It's true. It, It does hurt me when I see people like in my own life who have gone through cancer and still just kind of ha- like have a case of the efforts. They're just like, well, I don't know. It's uh, I, I, yeah, maybe, but it sounds hard. Look, this is our health. There's nothing more important than our health. We want to be around for our kids. You know, you don't have to be the, I'm going to stand on a soapbox mom and judge everybody else. But I do recommend using your noggin, using your heart and thinking of the best path forward. Because I can say that as a lifelong skeptic, having had a chronic illness that was literally, I saw three dermatologists and an allergist. No one could fix me until I started just doing supplements, cleansing out my liver, cleansing out my kidneys, changing all my products. And slowly it just went away. I, I, I can only speak from that life experience, but it changed my whole tune. But eczema is autoimmune, right? And so autoimmune- it's Inflammatory. So I, I actually talked to our, to Dr. Natalie, to our rheumatologist, and she said, no, no, it's actually not. Like it is, but it's not. She's like, it's a very middle of like hard to diagnose type of thing. So classifiably, it, it has an autoimmune response. However, you would see an allergist or a dermatologist. She wouldn't even see me. So she said, you got to get to the root of it. The problem is there's like 1000 roots of it. And for me, it's it like turned autoimmune. Out to be chemicals. Yeah, it did. It turned out to be chemicals. Yeah. So. Who knew this old dog can learn new tricks? James, I love what you say. I just want to wrap it by saying, like, I love what you say about, you know, don't judge other people. Don't be on a soapbox. You know, get informed. Do a little research and then do what's right for you. It's it's kind of like how I feel about like, yeah, I'm vegan. I don't care what anybody else eats. Like, eat what is right for you. There's something different that's right for everyone. The important piece of this is, is having a little bit of knowledge, doing your own research, 
and then doing what feels right for you. And that's all you can do. Amen, my friend. But mostly just do what we say on Off the Gram because we're always right. So mostly just do what we say. <laughs> but then, you know, in case of a tie, you can do your own research. Just kidding. Yeah. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. We always love to have you here with us every Monday when we drop our live episodes. Do make sure you subscribe so you never miss one of those episodes as they come live into your feed. And don't forget to follow us on the Gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye.